Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. You are God's little G. You are God's because you came from God. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. God came from heaven, became a man, made man into little gods. We have the potential and the capacity through a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to know God, but that does not mean we are God. The Bible is very clear. There is only one God, and he will not share his glory with another. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Two words for you, boo and who this is wretched radio uh, thank you very much to everybody who attended our inaugural bible study for our hopeful church launch alpharetta bible church in the northern suburbs of atlanta we held our first bible study and if you weren't there in christian love i simply state boo hoo we had a gas okay here we- jimmy this was the best part of the whole shebang what's there when it was done <laughs> well, well, but not just because I was done yammering, but okay. because we had a bunch of tables set up and chair, you know, the church sort of deal, except we're renting them. So they have to be put back down and put in piles so that the company can come and pick them up again. And everybody helped everybody. I don't know what kind of Christians these are. I guess real ones. Everybody was so sweet. We had such a great time. And we learned how to defeat the giants in your life. Oh, I'm sorry. You've heard that sermon before regarding David and Goliath. There's just one problem with that application. David and Goliath isn't about us. David and Goliath is about Jesus. That David was a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ who slays death, the enemy you and I don't have a chance against. Did I just end a sentence with a preposition? By the way, this will mean absolutely nothing to you, but it might give you a little insight into the mind of Phil Johnson. You say, Todd, we're getting an insight into your mind. Could you focus for a second? Phil Johnson and I were texting last night. And he used grammar that didn't sound very much like Phil Johnson. Let me share this with you. This is, this is going to help you understand why Phil Johnson is such a great preacher and such a great writer. It's because he, he's precisional when it comes to grammar. Here's what he said. We just arrived at 5 p.m. So he's in town for G3. Was telling him about the Bible study. I'm not sure we could have got there on time. What? (laughs) Got there on time. So I said, excuse me, is this Phil Johnson? Could have got there? And he said, that's correct. Look it up. The past participle of get is got, not gotten. And then he provides the link. And then he goes on to explain gotten is an American corruption of the mother tongue. (laughs) Wow. Okay, then, Phil. Maybe just the word arrived next time. That would have that would have just resolved the whole shebang. So we were doing the Bible study talking about grammatical, historical, interpretive principles. How to know that the Bible is communicating to us. Is David and Goliath really about me slaying the giant in my life? Is it fear? Is it debt? Is it somebody at work? Is it a bully at school? 
with some smooth stones, you can slay your giant. That's not what the story is about. It is a foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus Christ, who had an even greater victory over an even greater foe. And so we embarked on grammatical, historical, interpretive principles. It is the art and science of interpreting scripture. Some people hear that and they get the heebie-jeebies. Wait a second. What do you mean there's a sci- an art to interpreting the Bible? There should just be rules, rules, rules. And there are. But there's also a little bit of, oh, I hate to use this word, nuancing when it comes to interpreting the Bible. Why? Because you have to have all of these principles and rules in mind as you put together the grand narrative of the Bible. And one of the best interpretive principles that we can follow, and this is a loaded word that has been misused historically, we need to be Christological when we read our Bibles. What is the purpose of the Bible? Is it a Christian life hack book? And the answer is, of course it's not. Does it have those things? Of course it does. But it is a book about one subject only. One. And Genesis 3.15 tells us what that subject is. Like in any book or like any good article, which don't seem to be written a lot lately. I'm telling you. Okay, here's a trend. You watch for this. If your blood pressure is going up because of our wonky world, When you read an article, I I was just reading another one last night after Bible study. It was about, oh, it promised, this this is how we fix a wonky world. And I wanted to hear this fellow's take on it. By the way, his conclusion, the last paragraph, which was the only paragraph to actually Talk about the solution, even though it was promised in the headline, paging, burying the lead. This was this was an article that was just loaded with paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of all the problems that I already know about. Joe Biden is this. Transgenderism is that. The woke movement is this. This is what they're doing to the kids in California. And I've noticed that's a trend to basically repackage all of the problems that we're all pretty familiar with these days and then talk a little bit about the promise in the headline. And I've read enough of those articles and I have the same feeling every time I'm done. First of all, it's a feeling that I've been misled a little. Second of all, I'm agitated because I, yeah, 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 yeah. That Biden, no, look at what Kamala Harris. And maybe just maybe, I don't need to be regurgitating this. I need to know about these things. But the constant recycling, the master of that, of course, is Sean Hannity. Well, he gets about 10 points and he just bangs them incessantly. And I ask myself the question, to what end? Do I need to know this? Is this really going to help me? Don't I already get it? Just just an observation You can see if you agree with that observation when you read those articles that have those headlines that grab you by the throat and draw you in. The thesis statement of an article typically is in the headline, if it's written clearly. And it's also, you remember having to write a paper for school. What's the thesis statement? It had to be in the first or definitely by the second paragraph. What, where are we going here? Where are you taking us? What's the direction? 
Well, the Bible has a thesis statement. It's Genesis 3.15 that there's going to be a head crusher. It's going to be a seed of the woman. It is going to be one who rescues Adam and Eve and all of their ancestors who repent and put their trust in the seed. And then the rest of the Bible is all about the, the, the revelation, the revealing of that seed. That means Nehemiah is not a book about leadership. Could you possibly find some leadership principles in Nehemiah? Well, yeah, I suspect you could, but they'd have to be affirmed elsewhere. When you're reading an historical narrative, remember the Bible doesn't always condemn bad behavior or point it out. Consider the book of Judges. It's assumed you get this. It's not good. When it describes David and all of his concubines and wives, it doesn't say, and that was terrible. The the other parts of the Bible tell us that, but it doesn't always identify those things. So how do we know that Nehemiah is a book on leadership skills unless somewhere else in the Bible it says that is a good example of what it means to lead biblically? So what is the book of Nehemiah about? I would ask you another question. Why is Esther in the Bible if it's all about Jesus Christ? The name of God isn't even mentioned in the book of Esther. Why is it there? They're, they're both there for the same reason. In Genesis 3.15, our thesis statement, there's going to be a seed. That it gets clarified in Genesis 15 through 20 with the Abrahamic covenant, a land, a nation, and a seed. That God promised, I'm going to do this. I will do this. No matter how naughty those Jewish people are, I will do this because I don't change my mind. I am good to keeping my word of a land, a nation, and a seed. So the Jewish people had been punished, courtesy of Deuteronomy 28, because of their naughty behavior, not keeping the covenant. And God brings them back. Nehemiah helps build a wall because he's fulfilling his Abrahamic promise. He's fulfilling the thesis of Genesis 3.15. And the same thing is true with Esther. If all the Jews had been wiped out, there would be no seed and so all of the Old Testament, which we don't unhitch, is pointing to Jesus Christ. Speaking of unhitching the Old Testament, Friel, are you going to focus? Probably not. Didn't get much sleep last night. Al Mohler, writing about the Andy Stanley Conference, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, it's called, oh, Jimmy, what is that thing called? Oh, I just did a new story on this. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's. Uh, it's supposed to be the quiet middle ground regarding the LGBTQ issue for parents who are struggling because their kids are out. Is a conference needed for parents whose kids are out? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, th I think books could be written. Helpful books. This particular conference has two men speaking who happen to be married to other men. I mean, married as in the sham that we call marriage these days. And Al Mohler said, the train's leaving the station. Andy is abandoning Orthodox Christianity. Well done, Al. Are we going to talk about it? Not until it happens. But we will and we'll slay that giant. Oh, see what I did there. This is Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. And we also thank you, our friends who have ventured through the aisles, the digital aisles of Wretched.org. You're not just buying a book or a video. You're actually investing in truth, wisdom, and the kingdom of God. But listen, why stop at the checkout? How about joining us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Because it's a way to go deeper and to become part of something more than just a simple store transaction. It's about standing firm in the faith, reaching millions of people all over the world. But we need your help to do that. The gospel isn't something we just consume. It's something that we share and we need your help sharing it together. There's no sales pitch here. This is just an honest invitation to become a part of a mission that's changing lives all over the world. All of the details on how you do just that is at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MediShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Important dates in Christian history. Henry VIII's act of supremacy makes the king, not the pope, head of the Church of England. While Henry's concerns were largely political, his archbishop, Thomas Cranmer, worked to mold the Anglican Church into a thoroughly Protestant church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The winner should not shock you. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to play one of America's fastest growing game sensations. Which story is kookiest? That's right. Which story is kookiest? I am not a prophet nor the son of one, but I'm just going to profit a guess. The winner of this competition is going to be the judge himself. That's right. Jimmy, are you prepared <laughs> to play your role as the judge of which story is kookiest? 
representing the twos and twos of people. <laughs> hey, by the way, I have to tell you, I received some emails about our, our comments on Donald Trump's comments on the life issue, mm -hmm. because it needless to say, it didn't even come close to representing a genuine pro-life position. It was a compromised position. It was a pragmatic position, but it wasn't a pro-life position. And a number of emails came in as anticipated, and not a single one of them was snarky. Was that? Now, come on. We can, we can be encouraged by that. And to the folks who said, well, wait a second, though. Uh, if, 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 if somebody a progressive wins, if Trump doesn't, well, then look at what we're going to get with abortion. And I, I agree with that. And that's how I'd be thinking the issue through in the general election. When my choice is two evils, you pick the lesser of two evils. When my choice is less than ideal versus awful, I'm going to take the less than ideal one because it's better than the awful one. But during the primaries, we have the opportunity to actually express our Christian voice. Now, you can disagree with this. I, I, I get that because I understand the potency of your position. It, 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 they're, they're, it's not baseless or senseless or stupid. It's the idea that, well... We should put our, because this is going to be the guy, let's put our support here to make sure that we get better than nothing. I understand that. But I think during the primaries, if every evangelical who is genuinely pro-life, not with exceptions, not, not, not with compromise, no, it's the taking of an innocent human life even at conception, because it's a living thing. It's just a smaller version of you. You are totipotent. You were all there when you were conceived in the womb. During the primaries, we should let that voice be heard. And we should identify with each one of these candidates where they stand exactly. Because if they're all going to be pragmatic, which it appears many of them are going to be, well, got to find a nuanced position on this because you won't win the election if you don't. Right now, we Christians should speak loudly and clearly. We want a pro-life president. So thank you for the emails. Feel free to keep sending them to idea at wretched.org. And just to demonstrate, we're, we don't have an axe to grind against the former president. He was just in Rapid City, South Dakota. Quote, on day one, I will sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. I will keep men out of women's sports. I will sign a law prohibiting child genital mutilation in all 50 states. Okay, that's good. Might I, however, suggest that we Christians shouldn't be satisfied with children being protected. There was a picture Mrs. Friel showed me of a man who was dressing like a Ukrainian woman who apparently just got arrested. I don't know. whatever. But you just look at the fellow and it's like, that's uh, just call it mental illness. That's, that's, that's what that is. That's just there. There it is right there. I get all the baggage. I get all the danger that comes with it. I understand the agenda, but nevertheless, there's a human being there with mental illness. Why wouldn't we want to protect them too? As if some, you know, some 
brain switch flips when they're 18. Now they're able to make a decision to mutilate themselves. Now you would do this with any other body part and you'd go, well, of course you can't amputate a guy's arm just because he doesn't think it should be there. Is that transableism? I believe it's called. Uh, of course we wouldn't do that. Well, then why are we saying it's okay for an adult to make that decision when there's clearly something wrong? So good news from the Don from South Dakota. We'll keep tracking the issues that are most important, I think, to Christians. And we're, we're just going to have a different take during the prelims, during the primary season, and during the general election. Uh, Jimmy, are you prepared for your earnest responsibility to represent the twos and twos of people? I am. <sighs> Which story is kookiest? Go ahead, Jimmy. What? Share your AI story. Oh, 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 I forgot about that. You, you just told me about it 10 minutes ago. Uh, well, you know, my, five you, minutes ago. You know how my brain works. So <laughs> memory is actually longer than mine. So there's a comfort for you. Not so, last night. I'm sitting at home uh, bored and uh, to entertain myself, I brought up AI. And I asked this question. I said, write a blog post that uh, uses scripture and other relevant resources to explore how African-Americans could be exhibiting signs of Stockholm syndrome toward Democrats that are actually keeping them oppressed. <laughs> OK, where in the. <laughs> OK, so Go ahead. I told you for my amusement. So well, okay. um, it said that. Um, uh, it came back and said, I'm sorry, I cannot write that blog post for you. Is there mm -hmm. anything else you'd like to know? Oh. And I said, OK, well, how about writing a blog post to explore how white Americans use their white privilege unknowingly to oppress African-Americans? And uh, its response was, certainly. The uh, topic of systemic racial disparities and the concept of white privilege is complex and nuanced uh -huh. and should be discussed in academic, social and religious settings. Uh -huh. And then it proceeds to write a pretty lengthy blog post. On the very subject right. that apparently isn't too <laughs> sensitive. Like the AI is still programmed by a human being and it forever will be, which means it depends on which AI you use. All right, Jimmy, I, I got one. This was sent to me. I saw this this morning, sent to ID at wretched.org. Okay. I asked AI to make a Joel Osteen megachurch commercial. And this is... It's a spoof. This is what AI came up with. Good morning, folks. Just before we get started, I just want you to know that this is my Bible, and I never say a word from it. And when I actually do say something from it, I twist it to make it say what I want to say. After all, I'm working for the man downstairs if you catch my vibe. If you're looking for a mega church, folks, look no further. Lakewood Church is where it's at. It is one of the best mega churches in the world. Top-notch sound and top-notch entertainment during our worship experience. My mega church is the best church you will attend, aside from the fact that we closed our doors to the Hurricane Harvey people. <laughs> AI is prolific. That was 32 seconds. Uh, that actual spoof is 10 minutes and like 40 seconds long. It goes on for days. Why? Because there's, well, you know, so much material there. All right. I'm just going to hit a post here. I'm probably going to miss this a little bit, but this is this is the real Joel being interviewed. My sorry, my apologies if I glitch this. Let's see what I come up with here because we get to hear some Vody too. I want him to come to Lakewood or our, our meetings it. and be lifted up. No, 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 
No, that's not what people need. They can have that <laughs> if it's gravy. But first, they need to know who he is, period, full stop. And then they need to know what he's done, period, full stop. Amen, Vody. We've got to have our heads filled with knowledge. We can't rightly lift up anybody without truth. And we see this all throughout the Bible. Talked about this last night. Did I mention we had our first Bible study? Alpharetta Bible Church. And we were, we were talking about hermeneutics, specifically Psalm 103. It's an inclusio. If you're not familiar with that term, you've read a bunch of inclusios. They're all over the writings of Paul, John, and David did it in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. First line of Psalm 103. Verse 23, it ends with, bless the Lord, O my soul. That's an inclusio. So everything included in the middle is about blessing the Lord, O my soul. So what's included in the middle? Knowledge about God. It teaches truth. It doesn't just stir up emotions and affections and uplift and make you feel good because it tickles your ears and we've got some really groovy music with some soloists that we auto-tune. That doesn't do anything for you. We need truth. David recognized that. And isn't the New Testament filled with that? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. So how do you, how do you stop acting that way? Be transformed by the renewing of your emotions? No, by the renewing of your mind. We need truth. Then we can be lifted up. And the preaching of people like the AI spoof person is isn't helpful at all. In fact, I would suggest to you, as nice as he is, as smiling as he is, he's perhaps hurt more people than virtually any other preacher. You say, well, why would you say that? Because he's followed by millions. And when he tries to just pump you up through self-esteem and through sermons that really make himself the focus every single time. If you act like me, well, then you're going to be just as successful as I am. But I got to go to my personal trainer now because the dietitian said that I need to lose about six ounces right around the middle. Truth is what builds up. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start today in Indonesia, where a Muslim mom recently protested a church service, forcing the congregation to move their services temporarily online. Thankfully, the building was not damaged, but the story does serve as another daily reminder that we should all be praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. Well, here in the U.S., a former Best Buy employee, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is planning to sue the retailer because he was fired for expressing his biblical views on marriage and sexuality. Enos Sujag took issue with the mandatory training video titled The History of the LGBTQ Movement, believing it was inappropriate for him as a Christian. Well, you know, and probably unnecessary because I don't see how that sells big screens. He confronted his manager, questioning why LGBTQ symbols were allowed, but religious symbols were not. His manager argued that being a Christian is a choice, while gender and sexual identity are not. Well, I would agree with the gender part. As a result, the former employee has hired an attorney and plans to file a civil lawsuit against Best Buy over his termination. Well, in health news, there's a new study suggesting that aspartame, which is the artificial sweetener that's used in diet drinks, well, it may cause memory and learning deficits in consumers' children. 
The study was conducted by the Florida State College of Medicine. Interestingly, the memory and learning deficits that were found in the study were only found in the study of the children of mice that the study was conducted on, but not the grandchildren. I'm trying to I'm trying to reconcile that. I was going to say something about Numbers 14, you know, God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children in the third and fourth generation, but I'm not that smart. Moving on to a legal story, a former Kentucky court clerk, Kim Davis, is set to appeal a court ruling that awarded damages to two same-sex couples who sued her. In 2015, Davis gained national attention, if you remember, when she refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, citing her religious convictions. And despite the Supreme Court's ruling recognizing same-sex marriages, Davis held firm in her belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. And as a result, she was sued and even jailed for five days. She was later released on the condition that she wouldn't prevent other clerks in her office from issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Her appeal presents an opportunity for the Supreme Court to reconsider its Obergefell decision, which legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. What's this going to turn into? Well, hopefully something positive. And that has been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Nahum, whose name means the Lord comforts, brought a message of comfort to God's people and a prophecy against Nineveh. Nineveh was a powerful city, but they were no match for God. He punished them severely for their wickedness. When you see evil or are tempted towards evil, remember that there are only two possible outcomes, repentance or destruction. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yes, we, we, we will get back to America's fastest growing game sensation, but I can't help myself. I want him to come to Lakewood or our, our meetings and be lifted up to say, you know what? I may not be perfect, but I'm moving forward. I'm doing better, and I think that motivates you to do better. Is getting your best life now really what's important? Wouldn't it be better to rot in a prison for all the 80 years of your life and be saved from hell rather than to get your best life now and perish? (laughs) Aren't you grateful for Paul Washer? This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, yes. quit interrupting the proceedings. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Order in the court. Let's get back to which story is kookiest. Jimmy, uh-huh. yours was the first contender. You asked AI to do something critical about liberals. Do something critical about conservatives. Happy to oblige. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That would be story number one. Story number two. Oh, oh. If you're in Colorado, you're looking for a family event. What better offering than hemp picking? That's right. Forget the old fashioned apple picking season. No, it's hemp picking season where you can go to a farm and pick your own pot. It'll be a very special day with you and the children. Of course, you nor they will remember it, but... <laughs> Great day to go hemp picking in Colorado. Uh, Jimmy. Yes. Did you cover the story of these? uh, Hold on. uh, You maybe probably didn't. Brutal marijuana studies now emerging. No. It should never have been fully legalized. Um, What the word that I'm looking for is. uh, Duh. (laughs) You don't say. You mean something that gets people stoned and makes them dull. 
that's a bad idea. No, we we got to do it because some people have some health benefits. If there are health benefits to marijuana, fine. Then let's go through the same safety procedures we do for, say, I don't know, morphine. You don't just open. Morphine helps people. It does. But that doesn't mean we just sell it indiscriminately and people can sell it on a street corner with a pool of more than 40 million pot users to look at. Hey, Jimmy, suddenly I understand the driving in Atlanta. <laughs> no wonder why people are so lousy at it. Yeah. They're out there. They're, they're smoking the, the devil's lettuce. And they're driving in their automobiles. So they research with 40 million people taking a look at recreational use of the drug. Researchers at the Aarhus University in Denmark have found that despite claims by pot advocates, this drug is just as addictive as any other drug. No, say it is itself. 41% of users have developed major problems and depression. Chronic marijuana use quadrupled risk of developing a bipolar disorder and added a rise in psychotic breaks, including thoughts of suicide. Cool. 30% of cases of schizophrenia tied to smoking pot. Our government leaders are absolutely Romans 1 rulers. Their minds are so darkened that they think that it's a good idea, however they get there, to legalize marijuana. I got to tell you, it's, a, it's, it's yet another sign. I, I know that there's plenty of conservative talk shows that just launch screed after screed against progressives. But I think we need to be mindful. If our halls of power are filled with people whose minds are darkened, um, I have to tell look. You're, you're going to go, oh, so that, why, what do you, what do you want? Biden again? Not saying that. But if you're putting your hope in one man to turn this national insane asylum around, it's just not going to happen. Yes, it would be better. I grant you that it is not my point. My point is that not a single individual can fix this. It requires something supernatural. We need heart transplant before brains that are broken get fixed and healed. There is only way to take darkened thinking and illuminate it, and that is through regeneration. Well, this thing goes on and on. Pregnant women put themselves at a higher percent, 70% higher risk of birth defects. 2022 publication found prenatal cannabis exposure after five to six weeks associated with attention, social, behavioral problems, on and on it goes. But please be encouraged because the secondhand smoke of marijuana somehow magically, ironic word, magically is better for your lungs than cigarette smoke. Yeah. Apparently. That would be story number two, Jimmy. Okay. You ready for story number three? I think so. I think so. I don't think you are. Uh oh. Let me take you to Deutschland. You're about to hear hundreds of people, hundreds. This is a meeting to express a desire to receive acceptance as a human being who thinks they're dogs. <laughs> Jimmy? Yes. 
Is that a spoof? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually real. Yep. Hundreds of canine beings gather at Berlin train station to advocate for the rights of people who identify as dogs. Is this story number three? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm trying to do the accounting on this one. <laughs> Organized by a group called Canine Beings. They met together to howl and bark at one another. Now, that's story number three. This would be story number four. Uh, this is reporting on that story. So this is two. It's related. It's not exactly the same. Experts have called for a differentiation between Therians, people who identify as a creature other than human, and furries, individuals who enjoy cosplaying in animal suits. For example, don't you worry, they've got they've they've thought this through, these brilliant psychologists. Some Therians, don't forget, Therians are people who identify as a creature other than a human, short for Therianthrope, give it a Latin name or <laughs> some sort of big fancy word and what's well, scientific, I guess, might believe that they're a capsule reincarnated into a human body, said Dr. Elizabeth Fine, an associate professor of psychology at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. Some furries are Therians and some Therians are furries, but they are two distinct groups. Jimmy? Yes. That's story number four. Okay. It's not just the people who think that they're dogs. It's the medical, scientific, psychological experts who've actually classified it to explain and justify and approve of such behavior. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Right. Story number four. Okay. Story number five for your consideration. A buddy of mine, Tom, sent in a complaint to the Twitter machine saying, hey, um, uh, there's pornography on Twitter. Here's what Twitter said. We allow adult content like full or partial nudity or sexual acts on Twitter as long as it doesn't break our sensitive media policy. <laughs> wow. Hey. Some things are more important. But please report child sexual exploitation and non-consensual nudity. And if there's sexual violence, please report it as violent. We have zero tolerance for those kinds of behaviors. But if you want to act like an animal and display it for the world to see, the Twitter machine is down with that. That would be story... Number five? Uh, yes, I number five. Yes, yep. The Boston University, story number six. Apparently, there's an Ibram X. Kendi anti-racism center, mm. which they'd probably be more than happy to write that paper that you requested uh, yeah. and <laughs> tear you apart for it. Well, apparently, Boston University decided, for whatever reason, we're a little budget heavy on it, so they ended the relationship with 15 of the employees and a professor there said that their action of terminating of terminating employees is get ready for this employment violence oh that's wow. right so you fire somebody mm -hmm. employment violence <laughs> it's also employment trauma that would be story number six. Jimmy, may I recap for you? You can. First story is the winner. Your story about AI and how selective it happens to be. Story number two was our dog story, wasn't it? Yeah, it was our dogs. Story number three 
are the uh, no, psychological no, no. professors. Did I goof it up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, story number two was hemp picking season in Colorado. That's what I said. That's, uh, you forgot already. Well, I, went, Colorado? I did some picking. <laughs> I'm a little, a little fuzzy. So then story number whatever, the dogs, the dog psychologists, people, Ibrahim Kendi and Twitter saying, we're okay with pornography. Yeah, so... Which uh, story <laughs> is kookiest? I, I'm going to say the dog story's got to be the kookiest. Which one? The dog, uh, well, both, but uh, just the fact that there are... Um, there are dogs organizing events mm-hmm. is, is, is pretty crazy. It is, but I, the, 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 the professors who listen to this, watch this and go, yeah, let's come up with some names for it. You can be an expert in anything. This is Wretched Radio. Some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. 
Revelation. Is the Bible really God's Word, or is it just a collection of human ideas? Here are a few words the Bible uses to describe itself. Perfect, God-breathed, authoritative, without error, the Word of the living God. The Bible is God's inspired and trustworthy Word to humanity, through which He makes Himself known and continues to draw us to Himself. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. He certainly wouldn't have anticipated this. This is Wretched Radio. Let me take you back, give or take a century, to quote English author G.K. Chesterton. We shall soon be in a world in which a man may be howled down for... Man may be howled down. Jimmy, (laughs) I think I know just the people for the task of doing that howling. Ah. G.K. Chesterton will soon live in a world in which a man may be howled down for saying that two and two make four. Ding, 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 ding. The train has arrived. In fact, it's been here for a couple of decades because that is how long ago it was when I tripped into what G.K. Chesterton predicted, that math would no longer have constants, that it would be malleable that we human beings can make it whatever we want it to be. Why? Because there were already worldviews simmering at the beginning of the 20th century that had been stewing and brewing for a long time. And G.K. Chesterton, he looked at the rise of postmodernism before it became really popularized in the middle of the 20th century in France. He saw it coming. He also saw another trend, and that is the individual self being paramount in society, in life. You need to cast off the shackles of restraint, especially Christian shackles, and live the way that you want to live. This started with Rousseau. It made its way through the Romantic poets, and it made its way that Nietzsche contributed, Freud contributed. Oscar Wilde contributed. You are the most important thing on the planet. You have got to be you broiling around with postmodernism, which was really just the fertilizer that helped to cultivate the notion that being our true, authentic self is the most important thing in the world. He wrote this. He continued being rather prophetic. A man will soon be howled down in for saying two plus two makes four, in which furious party cries will be raised against anybody who says that cows have horns, in which people will persecute the heresy of calling a triangle a three-sided figure and hang a man for a maddening mob with the news that grass is green. He was right. He saw it coming. And now we are here and I meet these kids all the time. And it should honestly, it should terrify us when you meet these students. You've maybe heard on Witness Wednesday. I'll talk to an engineer. I'll talk to an architect and talk to somebody who wants even tech school. Um, what's two plus two? Four. OK, I think it's 18. Am I wrong? Not necessarily. OK, could you please mark? the projects that you're going to be working on in the future, because I don't think that I want to get into that elevator or be in that building when math is not constant. We see it in transgender. That's why transgenderism is flourishing. They got to be them. 
This is why we let homeless people be homeless people. We, 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 we want them to have complete freedom to live the way that they want to, even though it is horrible for them. And this has been stewing and brewing now for centuries. And G.K. Chesterton, he just predicted full bloom and what it would look like. And might I suggest, possibly, maybe, an indiv- that sounded definitive, Todd, maybe kind of sort of possible that an individual who has contributed to the whole notion that we must be our authentic self, and that means denying truth because what is of more importance than facts are feelings, maybe, possibly, to a degree, unwittingly, would be Teddy Roosevelt. You say, what? That's right. Teddy Roosevelt was reading a review by a brilliant pastor of First Reformed Presbyterian Church of Cambridge. His name is Noah Bailey. So if you're anywhere near Harvard and you need a good, you need a good church, check out First Reformed Presbyterian Church of Cambridge. Edmund Morris, writing an award-winning trio of books on the rise of Teddy Roosevelt, identifies what made Teddy Teddy. Now, interestingly, in the review by one Noah Bailey, he noticed something was missing, and that is Teddy Roosevelt's religion. Fascinating. Kind of kind of difficult to somehow separate a man's personal beliefs from his politics. Nevertheless, if there's a deficiency in the Morris trilogy on Teddy Roosevelt, that could certainly be it. But I thought this quote from Noah Bailey was worthy of our consideration. He's talking about Teddy Roosevelt, a perfectionist. Becoming, having ideal morals because he was, it seems, kind of a social justice Protestant. Works were certainly in view for him as a Christian. This perfection to which he aspired and sought to inspire his fellow Americans included three virtues. Here they are. Moral compunction, mental capacity, and daring action. That summarizes Teddy. But here's the quote. Unwittingly, Roosevelt wed a fourth virtue to his vision for America and the American, the self. In summing up America's goodness in his person and in attempting to make America as he imagined it to be, Roosevelt capitalized upon and encouraged further growth as a self-centered society. The emerging America captured Roosevelt's imagination and he captured her vote. Together, they pressed into the 20th century America, a people united and inspired by the greatness of the self. Worldviews might not be articulated up front, but everything that a man does is informed by worldview. And Teddy was no exception to that principle. And he believed that a man should be a man. And he, unwittingly, no doubt, he supported the philosophy that was swirling around in that era. That you need to be the autonomous self. And if we need to cast off the shackles of truth, so be it. And perhaps maybe in a small way, Teddy Roosevelt actually contributed to that. Perhaps you've heard it said before, this American rugged individualism, uh, you got to compare that to the Bible. Should Do I think that Christians should be bold, courageous? Yeah, I do. Not, not foolish, not foolhardy, not, not needless risk takers, but we should be that way. I, I applaud that. But individuals who are willing to do whatever makes us happy, 
Certainly not. And maybe just the mentality of the rugged American individualism needs to be considered and it needs to be remembered when we ask ourselves the question, have I been informed by that? Is it possible that that has seeped into me? Is it possible that the reason I'm so agitated by foolish authorities is because I have perhaps imbibed the attitude that Teddy Roosevelt cultivated about the self? Just wondering. However, the conclusion of this review by Noah Bailey for our purposes here on Wretched Radio I thought was interesting also. He did another review on Benjamin Wetzel's Theodore Roosevelt preaching from the bully pulpit. That He was very religious. And this fellow carefully reconstructs the nature of Roosevelt's Christianity. Have you ever wondered? Identifying four, four hallmarks of his faith. One, a gospel of good works. That's a bummer. Two, a church of ecumenical indifference to doctrine. Sound like German liberalism to you? It certainly does, because guess what? That's what was swirling around, too, in American churches in the early 20th century. So which came first for Teddy? Well, we'll have to wait for that biography to be written. Number three hallmark of his faith, a strict separation of church and state. Four, a lifelong practice of private piety. Roosevelt's gospel of good works, kind of a social gospel, because that movement, it was springing up in the 19th century in the reform movements. Quote, his doctrine of the strenuous life bears a resemblance to the late Victorian surgeon, muscular Christianity. Do you remember that? Muscular Christianity, that there were people observing that men are getting a little cystified. They're weak. We need to get them doing stuff. Hence the YMCA. It was a muscular version of, literally a muscular version of Christianity. And Teddy Roosevelt Now, he bought into that concept. He perhaps wouldn't have called it that, but nevertheless, his increasing skepticism about orthodoxy is concurrent with the emergence of higher criticism. In other words, his symmetry was right in line with liberal Protestantism. What do we do with this? Well, my observations about Teddy Roosevelt's contribution to the autonomous self, you could certainly debate that, but I think this is undebatable. And that is, we are all products of our age. It's not like Teddy Roosevelt was the only guy to be infected with a worldview that was counter to biblical Christianity. We breathe it in all the time, too. And I'm not suggesting everything that we imbibe is bad. There's a, there's a version of American muscular individualism that I think has some benefits to it. But we need to always, always, always be asking myself, yourself, is this what the Bible says or is this what culture says? Is this scripture or is this society? Because all of us can be victims of the world system. And until tomorrow, go serve your kingdom.